Afternoon, everybody. Wearing a mask that, uh, an Ohio mask that Fran made. And I'm wearing a tie from Clark State. Uh, Clark State uh, is in Clark County. Two-year college in Springfield. This past Sunday, the Springfield News and Sun uh, spotlight a campus group called Men of Clark State. Men of Clark State's goals are to increase the success of African-American men by raising retention and completion rates for African-American males. They do this through academic advising, group mentoring, and introducing their members to community leaders who can provide career and social direction. I want to take a moment um, on a sad note to honor Toledo Police Officer Anthony Dia. Uh, he was killed in the line of duty in the early morning of July 4th. Officer Dia was responding to a call for help with a man who was intoxicated in a Home Depot parking lot. Uh, the officer was fatally shot by the person that he was trying to help. Uh, he was just 26 years old. He leaves behind his wife, Jamie, their two sons. Fran and I extend our condolences to his family, uh, to the chief, Chief Crawl, and his colleagues in the Toledo Police Department. Uh, I've ordered that the flags in Lucas County and at the State House be lowered uh, until after the funeral uh, t today. Last night, uh, Representative Stephanie House of Cleveland, who is president of the Ohio Legislative Black Caucus, announced that she had tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, we are thinking of her, uh, and she is certainly uh, in, in her prayers. Uh, I watched last night a video that she posted. Uh, she said, her, fortunately, her symptoms are mild. Uh, she had a cough, had lost her sense of taste and smell. Um, just wanted to let her know that we are uh, thinking of her and, and, and praying for her and look for a, a quick recovery for her to be back in the state legislature. Let me take a moment to thank some of our partners who have been helping us get the word out about the importance of wearing masks in public. Cincinnati's Procter & Gamble has donated creative work that's part of a local effort uh, in southwest Ohio. Um, we also have had generous donations of digital outdoor billboard space from the Ohio Outdoor Advertising Association and radio public service announcement time from the Ohio Association of Broadcasters. We are very grateful for that. Let's look at some of the... Uh, data and this is the key indicator um, numbers are always a little uh, different coming off of a, a, of a weekend um, which is one of the reasons that we decided frankly to um, have our team look at this data every Wednesday these are new, this is new data 
but in order to make a determination about the color code that we have for every county, that determination is made at the middle at the middle of the week. Uh, you'll see here that some of the trends are continuing. Because we all want to have a season. So um, last uh, the cases last 24 hours, 948, that's down a little bit from where we've seen it, but certainly is up significantly from where it was uh, three weeks ago. Uh, it's above the 21-day average. Uh, of course, that 21-day average continues to increase as these numbers uh, continue to, to go up. Uh, if you look at the deaths, uh, those, those are up uh, over the average. Hospitalizations are uh, significantly up. Uh, for that particular day, uh, as well as the ICU admissions. Uh, so these are, the hospital admissions are creeping up, uh, moving up, and uh, that is obviously of some, some concern, as we talked about uh, on last week. As I shared last week, um, I want to talk about where we are with our counties, and this is the new uh, county risk level alert. Uh, and again, I would put emphasis on alert. Uh, it is to alert people to where their county is, to give them the opportunity to really understand uh, the data. Uh, they can they can certainly go uh, beyond the data and, and or beyond the color and look at some of the data. But we think that this will give people a, a good indication of exactly where where their their county is. Uh, we'll get back to that in a moment. I want to share uh, a bit more about some of the changes that we are seeing. Uh, and this is a national trend, and that is that the age of those that are being diagnosed with COVID-19 is, is getting younger. Uh, this is a, a chart that our team put together. If you look at 0 to 19, for example, uh, in March it was about 2.5% of the total. Uh, if you look over here uh, in June, 11.3, uh, and then the, these are just partial numbers, obviously, in, in July, it's 13.2. Uh, if you go down to the next one, uh, those between the age of 20 and 29, uh, you'll see that in March uh, it was about 12%. Uh, if you see where that is today, it's 24 and seems to be creeping up even a little bit more uh, in July. So that's a rather uh, dramatic, dramatic uh, change. Um, one of the concerns that has been expressed, uh, and I saw a story over the weekend, um, was talking about the trend nationwide in getting, uh, having more young people uh, who are coming down with COVID-19. Uh, and this uh, observer said, uh, and I quote, the risk and mortality is going to be passed on to the most vulnerable no matter who gets it first. The risk and mortality is going to be passed on to the most vulnerable no matter who gets it first. And so that is a big concern. Uh, we are seeing some young people who are getting pretty sick. Um, but the other concern is that they pass it on to other individuals who are older, uh, individuals who have more uh, medical, medical problems. That's a great concern. Uh, last week we talked about Franklin County. And we made the point that Franklin County uh, was uh, a red county, but also that it was fast approaching uh, the next level, um, which would be the, the highest level, uh, level four. Um, these are some numbers from Franklin County, and you can see the change. Cases have been increasing from June 13th to July 3rd. Um, and what I would point out in, on these numbers, 
These are all still considered tentative. They, they will be filled in, so they're not complete yet. Certainly the last couple are not complete, but you can see the trend line, uh, exactly where, where that is going. Uh, and again, it, we continue to have a, a great concern uh, about, about Franklin County, uh, as well as the other uh, red counties that we're seeing. So let's go back to the map. Last week I announced our public health advisory system. Our public health advisory system uses a variety of data indicators to help us identify the, where the spread is increasing. Um, our experts believe uh, that there's spread no matter what county you live in. Uh, it's just a question of how fast the spread is occurring and how much the spread is taking place. Uh, currently, Ohio has seven counties that triggered a red level three public health emergency. And you can see the counties, again, Hamilton County, Butler County, Montgomery County, uh, then, into, then into Franklin County. Uh, we've got uh, Huron County, uh, Trumbull County, and Cuyahoga County. Franklin County, as I said, is on our watch list that's close to becoming a purple level four public health emergency alert, which is, is the highest level. Yesterday I spoke to the health commissioners in all of those seven red counties. Some counties have, have two health departments, one in the city and one in the, in the county. And I, I spoke, I believe, to every one of them. Um, I asked them why we were seeing the spread uh, and what their opinion was, what the data that they were seeing at the local level was. Um, they told me pretty much the following. It's spreading at large family gatherings, uh, birthday parties, uh, graduation celebrations, funerals. Um, one of the local health commissioners told me that he is seeing in their county a lot of times the same names, which would indicate to him this arises out of a family, family unit, uh, or maybe family gathering uh, of some sort. Uh, they also told me that in some cases it does spread, it is spreading in the workplace, uh, some tourist destinations, uh, and in churches. Um, one, pat, one health commissioner told me about uh, tragically how a pastor uh, and his wife both had it, um, and then it spread from there. Uh, in Huron County, uh, which is current uh, in the red level in Huron County, uh, one of the things as we looked at the data and got deeper into it, uh, we did see initially uh, spread uh, in the non-Hispanic community, then it moved into the Hispanic community. Um, but one of the things that we, we saw there as we talked to the commissioner uh, is that seven out of ten current cases are in the non-Hispanic community. So uh, they believe it's quite widespread, uh, not just in Willard, but throughout, throughout the county. Let me just say uh, these health departments are doing a, a, a very, very good job under some very, very difficult circumstances. Today, um, after talking to the health commissioners, uh, after uh, spending the weekend looking at some of this data, uh, I am announcing that the Ohio Department of Health will be issuing an order 
that will be effective at 6 p.m. Uh, tomorrow night. Uh, it will impact seven of our counties. It will impact all seven of the red counties in the state of Ohio. Uh, and that is, the order is that it will be necessary for individuals who are out in public uh, to wear a mask. Uh, primarily, this will be when they are in a public place inside, a restaurant, a bar, a jewelry store, some other, uh, some other place in, in, in public. Um, this will stay on uh, as long, this order will stay on as long as that county is at a red level or a purple level. Uh, we certainly hope uh, that these counties will drop out of that level. Uh, and if they do, uh, our current order says that then the, the mandate of the mask in public uh, will go off. Uh, so this is aimed specifically uh, at the seven counties where we are the most concerned. Uh, it does not mean that people should not wear a mask or we wouldn't ask them to wear a mask in public in every other county. We, we really do. We think it's a good way for us, for your county, not to get into that red uh, category. Um, but it is only going to be required uh, in those seven counties. Um, let me just highlight a little bit of this. Um, in these red counties, people will need to wear a mask in the following circumstances. When they are in any indoor location that is not a residence. When they are outdoors and unable to consistently maintain a distance of six feet or more from individuals who are not members of their household. Or while they are waiting for for riding, driving, or operating public transportation, a taxi, a private care service, car service, or a ride-sharing vehicle. Uh, so that's uh, the essence of the order. Uh, this order does not apply uh, to children under the age of 10 or any other minor who cannot safely wear a face covering or anyone who cannot safely wear a face covering. The order also reflects the mass guidance that has existed for employees and businesses under the health and safety guidelines, uh, which does not require a person to wear a mask if their physician advises against it, if wearing a mask is prohibited by federal regulations, if communicating with the hearing while it, if they are communicating with the hearing impaired, uh, when alone in your own office or your personal workspace or other similar measures. So we're going to follow, basically follow the exceptions that have already been in existence for some time uh, in regard to the requirement that people wear a mask while at work. Uh, so we're basically extending that order now for the red counties and for individuals who, out, who are, out, are out in public. Uh, let me talk briefly about schools. Uh, this does not supersede any other school order uh, that has been issued. Schools uh, K through 12 uh, should follow the guidelines set forth last week by the Ohio Department of Education and the Ohio Department of Health. These orders uh, really kind of go hand in hand with what uh, experts have been telling us. Uh, I think you all saw uh, experts that uh, issued a statement yesterday about uh, the importance of wearing masks and how far uh, that these droplets can actually, actually go. Um, let me talk for a moment more about our red alert counties. Um, and again, we are open uh, to help any county, any of the 88 county and the health departments and local officials. Um, 
but let's just start with with the red the red counties. Um, we have contact tracers uh, who are available to help the local county, and I know a number of counties, uh, both red and other otherwise, have asked us for help, and we've been able to help them. Uh, the Ohio National Guard is also prepared to come in uh, when your community wants them to come in uh, to do pop-up testing, to do testing for a day. That's been exceedingly successful, uh, particularly in going to underserved areas. So if you have an underserved area, uh, we certainly will consider uh, coming in uh, and, and doing, doing that. John? Thanks, Governor. Um, the one the one thing I would add to that because we have had a, a couple of questions on this that you know that while businesses are expected to urge their customers to do this that a business is not required to enforce this this is up to state and local officials it's not on the business to enforce it but it is up to the business to comply and to encourage compliance with these rules um, and uh, additionally, we have a, a couple of a couple of uh, announcements today around sports. Uh, we have a, a director's order that was uh, issued on Friday uh, that I want to talk about today. A health director order. Um, it's on a short-term basis only that the Ohio Department of Health has issued an order allowing for contact and non-contact competition to resume for all sports. And you got to listen. Carefully to this um, to make sure that you understand the restrictions that are involved in doing so, um, because there are there are uh, uh, several of them that are really important. Tournaments, games, and scrimmages between teams for contact sports is only permissible so long as the teams agree to the list of guidelines in the order, including such things as testing of all players, coaches, athletic trainers, support staff, officials, uh, before travel to the competition uh, and uh, during. Uh, we're going to uh, during the tenure of the of the stay uh, daily symptom assessment uh, athletic trainers wearing masks and coverings while attending to players coaches and officials are strongly recommended to wear face coverings when possible strict social distancing by players who are not actively engaged in the competition uh, immediate isolation and medical care for a participant who develops symptoms the, these restrictions are um, required for any of these types of things to happen. Uh, the the uh, coronavirus.ohio.gov website will have these restrictions. The reason it's important to notice today, because we've had several questions about different types of activities and do they qualify, uh, the things that qualify are very limited. Uh, this is temporary. It ends uh, on July the 15th. We hope to use this to inform uh, our future decisions as it relates to return to play. Um, this is temporary. It will be evaluated uh, once we have more information uh, as this goes through July the 15th. Uh, additionally, we're starting uh, a new campaign today. I want a season campaign, and let me explain. I know that uh, 
uh, we all love sports. I love sports uh, for the recreation and uh, and the physical fitness and health aspect that 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 sporting activities provide. Not to mention the life skills uh, of um, teaching, particularly our young people, teamwork and and discipline and the competitiveness and the grit and the resilience and all the things that that we learn from from these types of competitions. And over the past few weeks, uh, we have seen a, a steady drop as the governor alluded to earlier in the age of people contracting coronavirus uh, more younger people younger people are becoming infected at a higher rate I want to go over again this, this, this the statistics that the governor covered earlier uh, in July in our limited day that we have in July 26.4 percent uh, uh, of the cases are people are people the ages between 20 and 29 13.2 percent between the ages of 0 and 19 that's nearly 40 percent of all the cases for people under the age of 30. And when we're talking about sports and competition, the, the two go hand to hand. Those are the age groups that, that, that in most cases we're talking about. Um, I, you know, can I give a potential reason for this? Of course I can. Um, uh, if you're healthy and you exercise and you're um, you you feel like you're invincible. You feel I I at that age would have probably had the same attitude. Um, but there are a lot of reasons. There are a lot of reasons that you need to care about the spread of coronavirus, and and particularly as it relates to our athletes who are who are competing in sports. Because you certainly have parents or grandparents or classmates who could be in a higher risk category, uh, and you may not be worried about yourself as much, but you ought to be worried about them. Uh, and um, uh, additionally, uh, we have a couple more reasons. Uh, we we all want to resume things that feel more like our normal lives, um, and playing sports is certainly one of them. And if we, but we have a, an opponent that we have to defeat along the way, and that's the coronavirus, and particularly the spread of the coronavirus. And it, it, just think about the fact that, you know, if you get it, you're going to be sidelined. Uh, you're going to potentially uh, cause your teammates to be sidelined. If you're a sport that I love, like football, if you could be sidelined for weeks, that's going to cost you uh, a lot, um, it, it, a lot of your season. And so if you, we want to all get back on the track or on the field or on the, on the court, then, then all of us, uh, particularly our athletes, need to, uh, to help us slow the spread. And so we're launching the hashtag I Want a Season campaign today. Uh, we've been talking with a lot of professional, college, high school sports teams and, and athletes about uh, helping to share this via social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, to tell your friends that we're all in this together, uh, that you're wearing a mask and practicing social distancing and washing your hands because you want to have a season. I, and I know that uh, we have a video that we're going we're gonna to be posting out there that, that um, will be at lg.ohio.gov forward slash I want to have a season, giving you all kinds of details about how athletes can get involved in sharing the word of how they're in it together, that in protecting your teammates and protecting you, you are putting yourself in a better place to have a season, to do the things that you love. 
by making sure that you're slowing the spread of the coronavirus. And so uh, it was, we talked to young people, you know, how to make it relevant in your life. Well, if you're an athlete, this is super relevant in your life because it, it depends on your ability to participate, your teammates' ability to participate. It's about what teamwork is all about, looking out for each other and helping each other through this uh, on your way to victory. And, and not only do you want to feed, defeat the team across the field, we all collectively want to defeat the coronavirus and, uh, and, and restore many of those things that we enjoy in our lives. So, Governor, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're ready for questions. Good afternoon, Governor Ben Schwartz with WCPO in Cincinnati. Um, my question is really just if these mask orders in those seven counties um, do not help bring down coronavirus cases, is there any chance that we see those places or others move back into a stay-at-home order or something along those lines? You know, I had an interesting conversation, uh, Ben, with uh, actually John and I both did, with um, some folks who own restaurants uh, and bars. Um, and, and one person on the call said it pretty eloquently, and that is that if, if people are scared, um, they're not going to come out and eat anyway. Uh, so I think the biggest threat to us from an economic point of view is this virus continuing to go up. Um, and that is going to make it very difficult for us to move forward economically. So these two are tied very, very closely together. Uh, we thought that this was a surgical, uh, precise approach uh, to go in those counties where uh, – that are red hot, frankly, uh, where we have real problems going on, uh, and impose the, the, the wear, wearing the mask, uh, wearing it in public, uh, wearing it for other people, and we hope that that's going to have a big, uh, a big impact. Um, in the other counties uh, that you know are or yellow or orange, uh, we would just urge people to do that as well. Uh, we're not going to order it, but we're, or, you know, want them to do it. Um, one of the things that we have learned is the earlier that we do things, the more impact that we have. And so there's a real opportunity in these other counties to avoid getting to the red level. Uh, and with all the things that, that that go with that and the danger that goes with it. When you get to the red level, things are moving pretty fast. Uh, and so if, if we can go in and people wear masks, people keep their distance uh, in, in the other counties, um, and go in there, you know, as we are, we're upping the testing, continue to have additional testing, uh, what we hope is that other counties don't move into the red, and we hope that the red were, are able to at some point drop back down uh, to a different level. So uh, we'll, we'll cross these other bridges when we come to them, but this is, the I think, the most appropriate action for us to take at this time. Uh, we're seeing a serious situation. We have to take action. Something to that um, from that call yesterday. Um, and I have this a lot with businesses who are just saying, look, we, we want you to do the things. Every, use every tool in the toolbox 
to allow us to stay open so that we can um, have customers, that people will come in and want to do business because we understand the balance between the health and economic consequences and we want people to have jobs. We want to grow the economy. We want, we have to do two things at once. We've been saying this all along and the strategies that we've been employing are designed to help, help people do that. Hello, Governor. This is Laura Hancock from Cleveland.com. I was just curious, um, you know, with today's health order, did Dr. Acton help you um, come up with the idea? Like, what is her kind of interaction with you? Like, what is the extent of her influence? How often do you talk to her? That kind of thing. Talked to her this morning. Uh, talked to her uh, virtually every day. Um, she remains a, a, a major advisor. Um, you know, we gathered information and, and uh, recommendations from from a lot of people, but uh, she remains a significant advisor in this administration. I'm glad she is. Yeah. Hello, Governor. This is uh, Luis Gill with uh, Ohio Latino TV. Uh, governors, as the virus continues to increase in Ohio, and perhaps that more testing is done is affecting that. But also, there's a lot of people traveling airplanes through the state of Ohio from Florida. Is that a, perhaps affecting the, um, in, for what I hear, the planes are full sometimes. Is that affecting the increase in the state of Ohio? Well, it's a good question. Um, you know, it's hard to really exactly determine what impact that has. But um, as someone said to me the other day, it's it's not always where someone goes, it's what they do when they go there. Um, so, you know, if someone is coming back from Florida and they've been out, uh, you know, at, at bars and restaurants uh, every, every night, uh, I would be very, very concerned about them. Uh, and I think they should be concerned. Um, if they went to Florida and, uh, you, you know, s stayed in the house, uh, stayed in their hotel room and just went out and went to the beach, stayed away from people, enjoyed the sun, uh, you know, they're in a different situation. So I think it, a lot depends on, you know, the situation that they're in. Uh, but I, I would just advise Ohioans, you know, um, it's probably not the best time to go to some of these hot spots. Uh, we have spread in Ohio. We're not, we're not denying that. We have serious situation in Ohio. But, uh, you know, there's some other states that are red hot, and uh, you might, might want to think twice about going to those states. But, again, the most important thing is what you do there or what you don't do there. Uh, it's no different than anything else. It comes down to, you know, just exercising caution uh, and good common sense. This is Jackie Borchert from the Cincinnati Enquirer. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, you mentioned that the businesses will not be enforcing this, but local officials will. How will this be enforced? What is the penalty for not wearing a mask in one of these spaces? Beginning the part of the question, uh, this is similar to other health orders. It is a, it is a misdemeanor. Look, we're, we're not looking to see people, uh, a lot of people arrested. That's not the idea at all. Uh, the idea is that this is the norm. This is what is needed for Ohioans to stay safe. 
And if we are not able to successfully do this and carry this out, um, you know, we're going to see this virus uh, take command again. Uh, and that is not a situation that we would, would want. So working with um, the local mayors, uh, local, working with the local officials, um, you know, we think that this is certainly going to help. Uh, in addition to having conversations with the seven uh, health commissioners, as I said, I, I've talked to a number, a number of mayors. I won't speak for them. I never do that. Um, but what this enables us to do um, is, for example, in a, in a, in a city, in an urban county uh, where maybe the major city has already put on a mask order, uh, this enables us to fill out the rest of that county uh, because these are really economic units uh, as, as, as counties. And it's kind of hard to say that the, you know, you do one thing on one side of this line, and then you cross the street, and you you you're out of the city, and now you're into the county, or you're into a neighboring uh, city or village, and that that changes. So it makes sense to approach these by county, uh, just as it makes sense to try to distinguish between counties. When we have counties that uh, are in a very very low level, uh, you know, it makes sense for us to treat them differently than we're treating the ones that are red uh, so that's you know that's what we're doing but the law is a teacher uh, the law uh, can help just determine the norms of society and that's what we're hoping this this does in those in those seven counties and I can Jackie I can add make sure that you understand what my goal of that comment was is that we get calls from businesses who say okay I'm a grocery store do I have to enforce this and while we want businesses to post the signs uh, and tell people that they have a mask but if you're a grocery store worker and you know you you may just want to inform the, the the customer that they have to wear a mask because it's required we don't expect though the grocery store worker to physically have to impose the the order uh, they would they would turn that over in the case where there was a, an extreme violation to the to the local community to enforce it it's not up to the business to enforce it that was the question that we were getting asked we want the business to be cooperative we want businesses to advise we want businesses to to, to share the rules but we don't physically expect a, a grocery store clerk to enforce these rules Hello, Governor Jim Province with the Toledo Blade. Uh, we're now a week into the new fiscal year. Uh, do you plan to turn to the rainy day fund now to help close any uh, revenue gaps, given that lawmakers have now gone home for the summer without approving any budget cuts? Um, and what did have you seen in the latest numbers? Well, we pretty much put out what we've seen uh, in, in the latest numbers. Um, you know not as bad as we thought it might have been, but certainly not good. Um, we have said, I've said all along, uh, that, that in this fiscal year we will use a significant amount of the rainy day fund. Uh, so no one should think that we are not going to use that. Uh, you know, our goal has been, for example, in regard to education, uh, not to cut education. Our goal has been to keep the funding that we ended up last year after we made the 3.7 cut to keep that as a baseline. And I, what, what I wanted to do is make sure that schools knew you know what what was coming um so we're, we're we're moving forward but in answer to your question we're certainly going to use a lot of the rainy day fund uh and by the time we get completely through this uh i'm sure we will use all the rainy day fund 
and I'm thankful we have it. Governor, this is Farnusha Mary from the Associated Press. Um, Franklin County announced last week a similar mask mandate, and um, Mayor Ginther said that he will not be enforcing it and local authorities will not be enforcing it, but there is a mandate. How do you plan to deal with different counties deciding to enforce this in their own way, and how will this interfere with the mandate that you are enforcing today? Uh, look, we've we've talked with the, with the mayor. Uh, I approve what the mayor has done. Uh, I think that was uh, leadership. Appreciated it. Uh, again, I think we all have the same goal, and, and the goal is to signal. Uh, and, and Eric, can you put the map up? We'll just leave that map up because I'm going to keep referring to it. I think. But look, the the point is to signal that we have a problem. We have a real problem here, and we have a problem here, and here, and here, and here here and here. And part of it is to let people know that there is a problem. From the first press conference that we had, uh, when Dr. Acton and I had a press conference in, in Cleveland, uh, we said our obligation to much as we can is to share information with the people of the state of Ohio. Um, so this is our new effort to, to, to do that. Uh, putting on a <clears throat> order uh, requiring people to wear a mask in those seven red counties um, should be a real signal that when we look at this data, uh, we have a great deal to worry about. And so that message, uh, I, I think, is, is, is important that we get out. Um, we're sending that message again today. I think what the cities and, and, and some of the community, other communities have done to put their own mask order on is great. Uh, I felt it would be more effective, frankly, in those counties that already started that with one of their cities if we filled in the rest of the county. Um, but we have seven separate counties uh, with a significant number of people in the state of Ohio who we feel uh, have have a huge imminent crisis uh, and this is the most pinpointed thing we can do and I'll come back to what we, we've said before. If 75 or 80 percent of the people in the state of Ohio uh, would wear a mask when they're out, uh, we will dramatically kick this uh, virus in the stomach. Uh, we'll get it a good swat if we can do that. Uh, that plus uh, the testing uh, that we're going to continue to ramp up. These are the two real tools that, that we have. Distancing, wear a mask, wash your hands, test. Those are the things that we have to continue to do every single day. Governor, this is uh, Shane Stegmiller with Hanna News Service. Uh, yesterday, the legislature, uh, or recently, the legislature is going to send you Senate Bill 55, which, among other provisions, is going to decriminalize failure to follow health orders. Uh, you have indicated that you probably will veto that. Uh, yesterday, Speaker Householder said on a social media post that a veto would be a very bad move for anyone who believes that the people control their government, not the other way around. And I just kind of want to get your reactions to that and what your plans are still for the bill. It would be a tragic mistake, uh, and I'm not going to let it happen, uh, for us to uh, give up the opportunity to try to keep Ohioans safe. 
Uh, we are in a crisis. It is a very serious crisis. It's a crisis that we have not seen in this state for 102 years. Uh, I hope we don't see it for another 102 years. Uh, I hope we never see a crisis like this again. We have to treat it like the crisis it is. Uh, and having the ability, the tools, uh, to very carefully do things that need to be done uh, is an essential part of, of that. Uh, Ohio is not alone. Uh, if, if you look at what other states are facing, what other states are doing, uh, governors who um, certainly gave every indication they would never require masks to be worn or requiring masks to be worn. And they're doing it because they're looking at the data. They're doing it because, frankly, they're afraid. Uh, and they're justifiably afraid of what is going on. So, look, we're not looking to lock a lot of Ohioans up. That is not what we're about. But we have to have the ability to enforce orders. If you don't have the ability to enforce an order, um, it just it just doesn't simply does not does not work. Uh, what is at stake here is the lives of Ohioans. This is a matter of life and death. Uh, what's going on in our red counties, where we have we'll, we'll put on this order at six o'clock tomorrow night, people in public have to wear masks. Uh, what's going on in these counties is very frightening. Uh, it should frighten the people of those counties, but. The good news is we can fight back. There is something that we can do. And by wearing masks, by keeping social distancing, by all of us working together to get more testing, we fight back. And uh, we're Ohioans. We're going to continue to fight. Good afternoon, Governor. Adrian Robbins with NBC4. Uh, this week, a list of businesses who received help from the PPE program was released. Uh, DeWine Seed Silver Dollar Baseball was obviously one of those businesses. What do you say to people who are criticizing lawmakers like yourself for taking part in this program meant for small businesses? Well, I think if you talk to our son, Brian, who, who runs the Asheville Tourist Baseball Team, which is the, the team you're talking about and the business you'll talk, you're, you're talking about, uh, he would tell you he is a small business. Uh, I think they have probably 12, 14 full-time employees. Uh, the money uh, that they took advantage of, as, as many, many other small businesses did, uh, prim primarily went to payroll. Uh, so it went to people who work there so that they can continue to have some income during that period of period of time. Uh, I am one of nine owners. Uh, our family owns owns the team. Uh, Fran and I own part of it, and the other seven kids own own the rest of it. So that's that's what the story is. And uh, look, we understand what small businesses are going through. Uh, there, there's no uh, if you run a minor league baseball team. I'm not asking for anybody to feel sorry for us, uh, but uh, if you run a minor league baseball team, we got six of them in Ohio, actually seven, uh, and uh, there's no season for our our minor league baseball teams in Ohio. So, um, you know, they've had, they've had a tough, tough time, and uh, I'm sure that they probably took advantage of that as well, and I certainly hope that, hope that they did, and look forward to, uh, uh, we hope, seeing minor league baseball as well as major league baseball back, uh, back next year. Thank you. Hi, 
Hi, Governor. It's Karen Kassler from Ohio Public Radio and Television. You mentioned the Ohio National Guard being available for pop-up testing in the seven hotspot counties. Do you have any plans to find funding to continue the National Guard's pandemic-related missions past when federal funding runs out on August 7th, including testing in nursing homes and that pop-up testing, especially since there are so many restrictions on retailers' COVID testing in so few locations and times available? Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to imagine, uh, candidly, um, us being able to fight this without the National Guard. So we'll make that decision when we get to it. We hope that the federal government will extend that mission. Uh, if they don't, uh, we'll have to talk about it. But the Guard has done a phenomenal job. I'll bring in uh, – the general gave me the statistics this morning of, of how many people in nursing homes they have tested uh, and how many staff in nursing homes they've tested. But it's a phenomenal number. They're out testing today. So uh, this is a tool that we really, really need. We have 20 units. Uh, what our goal is, 20 Guard units, I think of a 10 each, 10 or in each unit, uh, and they are out uh, testing every single day. And so what our goal is, is to turn this testing over uh, really to the folks in the nursing homes uh, once we get through the um, testing all of the employees that first round and many of many of the uh, residents. Then on the second rounds from then on, we're going to the testing is we're going to work it out. So the testing is going to be done in those nursing homes on, on a regular basis. So we're going to free the guard up then uh, because, frankly, there's a lot of other places that the guard needs to go as, as well. So they're very much wanted. Good afternoon, Governor Karen Johnson, WLWT in Cincinnati. Question regarding the short term order on allowing now allowing contact sports. It only lasts a week and a day. So how is any team expected to schedule and play games that quickly? And also, what about athletes in the red county, such as Butler and Hamilton? Will they be required to wear masks when they play? No. Uh, they will not be required to wear, wear masks. Um, you'll see in the exception, there's an exception in there uh, in regard to that. Uh, I'll let John answer the rest of it, but let me just say that uh, this is an evolving situation. And I know that people uh, get anxious, and, and understandably so, and say, why don't we know what's, what's going on? Where are we going to be in, in a couple weeks? Um, this is an evolving situation. It's changing daily. And what we're trying to do is keep everybody informed about what we are seeing. Uh, if people – look, we all want the same things. We want our kids and our grandkids uh, playing ball. Uh, we want them in, in track. We want them in cross country. Uh, we want our schools back. We want our kids back in school physically. All of these things, all of these things that we all want so much depend on what we do in the next few weeks. So when I'm asked the question, are we going to see football on Friday night in Ohio? A lot of it depends on do we get this virus, do we wrestle this virus to the ground? Um, and the only way we can do that, frankly, is distancing, wearing mask in public, wearing, wearing mask uh, in business, um, wash your hands, and for us to continue to that in testing and continue to move those numbers of tests. Uh, we've made great progress in testing. We were at probably uh, 9,000 a few weeks ago. We're at about 18,000 average now, and we're going to continue to 
push up through that ceiling and, and move forward. So I'm optimistic, but look, it, it's how, how well we fight this in the next few weeks is going to determine what our fall looks like and what our winter looks like. John? Just to, to clear up a little bit on this, this, this largely focuses on camps that were already scheduled and, and to accommodate uh, the ESPN basketball tournament that's going to be happening here soon. It's basically a one-week window that allows these things to occur, okay? And in doing so, we hope to learn from what happens and how they do this to make sure that, that it can be done well and safely. And we fully intend to give more guidance uh, at the end of this on what we intend to do with sports because we have been working all along with the Ohio High School Athletic Association, with college and professional sports teams to get this right as it relates to the actual competition and the potential for spectators. This all has to come together as we're looking at how we um, evolve with the numbers uh, and evolve with the virus, how it's spreading, and what we can learn uh, on how the the um, associations, the teams, and so forth are coming forward with their recommendations. Uh, this will be a weak opportunity to learn from how these operate, and we will have new guidelines about what sports are going to look like in the future once we get through this. Good afternoon, Governor. Jeff Reddick from ABC6 News here in Columbus. Much has been made lately uh, across the nation, less of an extent in Ohio, about the divergence of the case rate versus the death rate. As cases continue to climb, deaths have not yet followed. It doesn't seem like they might follow, uh, even with the lag in the death numbers. Wondered your thoughts on that. Also, I've noted you haven't had a health official at these news conferences in a while um, on a constant basis. Do you plan to bring in the interim health director? Well, we are searching, by the way, since you asked the question, uh, we put a, a group together uh, and we're searching for the new the new health director. So uh, that is that is ongoing. Uh, uh, the current health director, I will tell you, um, you know, I think I was, uh, I don't know how many times over the weekend I talked with him. So he's doing a, a, a fabulous job. Um, Lance is doing a, just a great job. As far as, um, it would really be only speculation, but uh, let me just try to answer your question. One, um, deaths are always a lagging indicator. I mean, they're always the last thing. Uh, and so you have a widespread. Uh, second, um, something that I think we, we talked about seems like months ago, uh, and that is if you have a choice, um, you know, you would rather get sick from this if you're going to get it. You'd rather get sick now than three months ago, uh, and you'd rather get sick, you know, in January than now. And the reason is that medical science knows more. Uh, and so I, I think the... Um, what is known when you hit that hospital uh, is different today than it was when this started. And our medical community has adapted and has learned. And I think that's that's something that certainly is is uh, very significant. I think it's I think you also are seeing uh, that you have younger, more younger people who are getting sick. Uh, that has not really played out fully yet uh, because it, if someone does get very, very sick, it, obviously they first have to go to the hospital and then um, you, 
you know, it's a number of weeks many times if they do either recover or, or, or die. Um, so those would be three things that I would, you know, speculate on uh, based on things that I have read. But this virus continues to surprise. It continues to um, show us that uh, while we're learning things, there's still more to learn. Hi, Governor. Jim Audie from WHIO-TV. Thanks for being here today. I want to ask for those people who are skeptical, those people who question your legal authority, your constitutional ability to make this mask order today, can you tell them under what authority you do this, how firm of a legal footing are you on, and do you expect challenges in court of this order today? Well, I think we probably have five or six lawsuits already uh, testing our uh, authority. Um, I'm sure that there will be lawsuits, Jim, that will be filed as a result of that. Uh, Our lawyers tell us uh, that we do have the authority to do this, and this is an extraordinary circumstance. Um, Very rare, uh, and we hope we don't ever live to see this again, but it is a, a public health crisis. Historically, uh, governors uh, in Ohio and other states um, have been able to take action uh, that needed to be taken in an emergency basis uh, when there was a public health emergency. Uh, This clearly is a public health emergency uh, of unprecedented uh, duration uh, and seriousness, and we're trying to take action uh, that is measured. Um, we put an order on for masks in seven counties, not 88 counties. Uh, everything we do, we're trying to measure what really needs to be done uh, to try to get us through this. Uh, and I have a responsibility to do everything in my power to get us through this, to keep our economy moving, uh, which is threatened uh, by uh, an significant increase in COVID-19 in Ohio. Uh, I have an obligation to uh, protect people of the state of Ohio. And so we have that authority. Uh, It goes back, uh, the original law goes back, uh, you know, decades. And uh, governors have had this authority. But this is a very unusual, uh, extraordinary time. Thank you, Governor. Good afternoon, Governor. Marty Schladen, Ohio Capital Journal. Um, are you concerned that between reopening the economy or beginning to before the CDC guidelines were met and uh, many of the actions of your fellow Republicans at the state and national level uh, uh, encouraging a quick reopening, not wearing masks, etc., do you think people took the long, wrong message from this and heard the all clear even though you've been trying to say otherwise? Well, I suppose that's possible. Um, You know, we try to be very clear uh, that people continue to need to be careful that the virus was still very much among us. In fact, it had spread even more. We we made the decision because we felt that uh, the consequence to Ohioans uh, of, of basically being closed down any longer was be just devastating. Uh, and so we made the decision to start back up. Uh, we did it, uh, we felt, in a, a responsible way. But again, um, 
what the future is going to look like determines what we do today. That's kind of the, kind of the way it is. And so, you know, I would again appeal to all my fellow Ohioans. Uh, we're in a tough right, tough time. We're in a tough battle, but we can get through this. But we got to wear our mask when we're out in public. Uh, we've got to be careful. Uh, we've got to keep our distance. We've got to use our common sense about what events to go to and what events not to go to. Hello, Governor Kevin Landers, WBNS 10 TV, and I'm told I am the last question. Um, originally, you said you couldn't mandate masks statewide because some people were call, called it, quote, offensive. Now you're saying counties with a problem should wear masks. This appears to be an action that maybe perhaps is too late. I'd like to get your comment about whether you should have been tougher about wearing masks much earlier. We were also told that working groups for restaurants developed a safe way for customers to return. And in Columbus, we've had several that are now closed because of COVID-19 infected workers. Do you think their plan needs to be revised, retweaked? Thank you. Well, as I said, we had a discussion with uh, representatives of the restaurant industry, and I frankly expressed to them my concern about what I was seeing uh, and, and what was being reported in some bars. Um, and so that was the reason for the call. And uh, some bars are doing a great job, some, some were not. And so I have a grave concern about that, and I express that directly to them. Um, so we're looking at what additional actions that we can take to, to make those bars, in fact, safer. Um, it basically comes down to what the person who is running it is doing. Uh, if they're following these guidelines, these are, good gu these are in fact, good, good guidelines. Uh, as far as um, the decision about wearing masks, um, Everything a governor does uh, is certainly not just subject to public criticism, but a governor has an obligation to lead, and a governor has an obligation to bring people along. Um, I made the decision uh, after we put out the original uh, mask order uh, that requiring masks out in public was something that people, uh, by and large, were not ready for at that time. And we did, as you know, have mask guidelines uh, and orders that went into effect for any business. Uh, those are still in effect. By and large, those have worked exceedingly well. We are now at a different time. Uh, we are at a much more dangerous time. And we are at a point in time uh, where I believe Ohioans, when they look at Texas, when they look at uh, Florida, uh, will say we do not want to go there. And we'll be willing to accept that in the seven red counties that are red hot, uh, that wearing a mask out in public is absolutely imperative uh, for the future of their county and for the future of the state, both from an economic point of view as well as from the point of view of keeping us all safe. I think Ohioans are ready for this. I think we have to do it. Well, we'll see you all uh, on uh, Thursday, barring some unforeseen thing that happens tonight or tomorrow. We will see you all on, uh, on Thursday at 2 o'clock. Thank you very much.